The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Welcome back to another episode of In The Pen. We're back with the offseason on its way. We've still got the World Series to go, but we're going to be diving into the latest reliever news throughout the offseason, try and get us ready for draft season, try and see who's changing places, who's getting those new jobs, get you ready for this coming season. But as always, I'm joined for this episode and all throughout the offseason with Jake Crumpler and Rick Graham. Guys, how you doing? It's good to be back. Yeah, it's you know great to be back and uh, watching, getting ready for the World Series is coming up uh, today. Actually, tonight, uh, as of this podcast being released, Game One. So excited! I think you know, I don't think anyone really expected the Phillies Astros matchup, but I think it's going to be actually really entertaining. Yeah, I definitely uh, have to echo those sentiments. The Phillies have been. One of the most exciting teams throughout the playoffs, so I'm really pumped to see what Bryce Harper and the rest of those Phillies can do against a, a juggernaut like the Houston Astros. But I'm pumped to be back for this podcast. It's it's been a few weeks, but we're ready to jump back into some reliever talk. Yeah, and I'll be fully, fully, fully not on a very biased service coming World Series. You're listening. Let's go Phillies. The Astros just knocked out my Yankees in a very unentertaining four games. Clearly, the Astros were the better team. I've got nothing but bad things about the Yankees and good things to say about the Astros. But that's for a different podcast on another network other than this one. Like you said, we're going through all the latest reliever news. As of course, right now, there isn't too much to add for news. Um, it's been a quiet offseason. Our postseason in terms of injuries but what we wanted to start with these what we're gonna be recording once a month now we'll have the latest news for you but for this episode we want to get ready for the offseason we want to start looking ahead to those names are gonna be out on the market those names that could be changing teams in the next couple of weeks and try and get you ready in the mindset of who still retains their fantasy value who's gonna lose fantasy value who's got the under that under the radar uh potential to take saves if they if this person goes to a different team. So we'll dive into all the latest impact in terms of that. So I, unless I'm missing anything in the news, you, is there any, any other news you guys want to talk about? Do we want to, you know, we'll end the show too. We'll give a little quick world series prediction, but is there any news from the postseason you guys think should be, we need to address or do we want to just dive right into these free agents? It's hard to uh, take much from the, the playoffs in terms of usage or performance from relievers. So, 
I, I would say ignore most of what you see in the in the World Series and in the playoffs right now. So I think it's sort of just stay focused on what happened during the regular season and where these free agents might end up. Mm-hmm. I'd say the only thing maybe to take away, and it's probably for another show, but potentially did Josh Hader do enough this pl- this postseason to kind of push him back up to being a you know a top one two three closer coming off draft boards next year but again probably something to dissect more down the road yeah and I guess the one bit of news just as a Yankee fan that you guys already know and everybody knows Scott F Ross was left off the postseason mm. roster for the Yankees with a torn UCL he will be undergoing Tommy John surgery and because of that will likely miss all the 2023 season he was a good under the radar. Uh, candidate in terms of saves in New York next season. We'll see what they do in the offseason. Do they spend big on a, one of these free agents? Do they add extra pieces and stick with Clay Holmes? Do they bring back the left-handed reliever whose name I don't want to bring up too many times on this show who didn't want to even show up for a workout? But I, so I appreciate you guys showing up when I, we ask you to. I, I do appreciate that. But So that's the one, I guess, injury that's going to have some impact for next season but again we don't know how much of an impact until we see how the Yankees spend their money this offseason so let's dive right into this reliever crop in terms of free agency we start off with the cream of the crop one of the best relievers if not the best reliever in baseball this past season and that's Edwin Diaz we know he's going to be fantasy relevant no matter where he goes I don't see any really many uh teams where he can get signed to where he won't have fantasy value. So how do you kind of address this going forward just in general and specifically if Edwin Diaz, what kind of a, you know, what are you keeping an eye on in terms of him for free agency? I know it's not as much, but yeah, I think he's the one, I, he might be the only one on this list looking through all the free agents. That's guaranteed. I mean, he's guaranteed to be closing next year, wherever he goes. And I don't think there's not really anywhere. I don't think there's any particular, you know, ballpark division or anything that's going to potentially limit him or, you know, make him make you shy away from him when it comes to, you know, drafting him for, for fantasy purposes next year. Um, He's definitely, I, he's probably the best relief pitcher to hit the market. And I don't even know how long I, even when, you know, Liam Hendricks, I mean, he's gonna he's gonna get close to a hundred a hundred million if he doesn't actually get a hundred million. So, yeah, there's you know, I see the Mets probably trying to retain him, but there's gonna be a lot of teams after him, especially given how how kind of weak I'd say not maybe not weak, but it's just a very there's a lot of good setup options here uh, for free agents, but not not a ton of closers yeah i completely agree with you on that i think it's going to be like you said he's going to go close wherever he ends up he may get one of the highest reliever contracts if not the highest contract for reliever. and like you said he's still 29 years old so he's got plenty of bullets left in that arm and he'll be a very interesting uh interesting case so rick i'll turn it over to or, excuse me, jake i'll turn it over to you for the next guy on this list who had some uh, save viability and i think he's gonna be more interesting study because he had his ups and downs throughout the season how do you, what kind of potential do you see for Kenley Jansen on this market? Do you see him? I know it's early. Do you think, do we think he'll still have some save viability or obviously it depends on where you go, but how do you monitor that? 
I think he definitely has to go somewhere where he ends up being a closer. I think not only will teams be looking to sign him as a closer, but I think he'll want to go to a team that sees him as a closer. He's one of the best closers of all time. Definitely one of the best of his generation. He's got a ton of saves in his career. Um, and that's putting it lightly. I think that, you know, if he goes to a more analytically inclined team that, you know, you'll have more confidence in him and, and one of those managers that sticks with one, with one closer. So fantasy wise, you'll, it, it depends on what team he goes with, but I think it would be smart for whatever team signs him and for him to prefer to put him in the closer role. It, I, I think he's going to be good next year. He had his ups and downs, but you can really attribute some of that to his health. He's had his upside ups and downs across the past few seasons as well. We know that he dealt with a velocity decline a few years ago, but I, I think a lot of it has to do with his mechanics and that kind of stuff. So if he can keep that in line, he should be fine. He is getting up there in age. He's, he's 35. This is going to be his age 35 season. So uh, that's, that's pretty much the only thing you're worried about. That's not super old relievers. I feel like can, pitch pretty long and he's not somebody that relies heavily on velocity i did say that like he fell off a little bit because of that decline in velocity but he's had decline in velocity throughout his career he's down to 92.2 miles per hour on average with his cutter back in 2018 that was the same so he used to throw harder and now he doesn't but he's been able to sort of offset that by relying on other pitches like a slider and a sinker and uh, other different looks like that. So I, I think no matter where he goes, he's probably going to be put in the closer role or else, you know, a team's wasting their money on, you know, one of the best closers of his generation. And Rick, kind of to add on to that, if, if uh, Kenley Jansen does go, we saw some really strong stuff, a really great back half of the season for Rizal Iglesias after he got traded over to Atlanta. Can you see him just kind of taking over that role in Atlanta? Do you see them kind of spending money on free agency or do you think Rizal Iglesias can regain the excitement we had for him coming into the 2022 season? Yeah, I kind of ho- I'm kind of hoping that Jansen ends up somewhere else so it opens up that role for Iglesias cuz yeah, he was really really good once he got there. Um and you know, I'm sure some people think it's well because he's in a setup role, not closing games, a little less, a little lower leverage, I guess. But I still, still believe in the stuff that you know Iglesias has, and I, giving what he's making the next, I think it's three years. I mean, he is getting paid like a closer, so I would imagine that's kind of the the vision the Braves have for for him and. You know, with him and Minter at the back end of the bullpen, they're still pretty, pretty good. And perhaps they add one more piece here, but like, I don't think they need, they're not, they don't, that's not a need for them to go out and spend on an, another reliever. I'm curious too for V, next guy, former Brave kind of transitions, is if he's in the same boat as a Jansen, do we think he still has some bullets left in his arm? And that's Craig Kimbrell. We saw at the end of last season. He got removed from the closer's job for the Dodgers. Do we think that this is the the end for Kimbrel, or do we see him? You know, obviously, like I said, a lot of this depends on where we go. But can he latch on somewhere, or do we think that we've seen the end of him as a not only a high end uh, closer, but just in general, someone we're relying on for saves in fantasy? I think it comes down to where he what he wants to do. I guess, or like where is is what's his you know, goal here? Is it to be, be a closer and close out games or does he want to go, you know, maybe 
join a contender and pitch in the seventh or possibly possibly sixth inning for like a really good you know good team with a good bullpen because there's certainly you know teams where he shouldn't cost a lot this offseason he's not going to definitely not going to get the contract he just got it's probably going to be something you know one or two years on probably under 10 million so there could be a lot of options for him to close as far as you know some of these teams that finish the year with um i guess interim closers but yeah, I guess it really comes down to to Kimbrel. I mean, the skills I wouldn't say the skills are declining, but there's just I he's not getting he's not able to get the same type of swing and misses that he used to have and it's partially it's mostly a command issue, but you know, he's also getting up there in age and he, I guess the books just out on him and hitters aren't aren't, you know, fooled by him like they once were, so He's definitely, if he ends up being a closer somewhere, he's no, almost no matter where he ends up being a closer, it's not going to make me take him in the first half, probably, of closers. He's probably a you know 16 through 30 option, but um, I wouldn't totally be out on him yet. I, I You never know if closers, especially, there's there was a lot of good clo- a lot of good relievers this year that came from out of nowhere in their late 30s, you know, David Roberts and Daniel Bard, so wouldn't close the book on Kimbrel just yet, but it's definitely not looking as optimistic as it was heading into last season. Jake, you got any other differing opinions on that one or where do you see Kimbrel uh, for 2023? Yeah, I'm not sure where he ends up, but I'm sure somebody sees something in him still because sort of in the same boat as Jansen, he's one of the best closers of his generation. He's obviously lost a lot of what he used to have. And I think a lot of that resides in his fastball. His curveball obviously is not as effective as it used to be, but it's still a pretty solid pitch. The fastball though has dropped like two miles per hour since 2018. So he's definitely not what many would consider a flamethrower in today's game, averaging 95 and a half miles per hour on his four seamer. And yeah, like Rick said, he just doesn't get swings and misses anymore. So he sort of relies on getting weak contact and stuff. And with the small sample sizes of relievers, it's really hard to gauge whether or not that strategy is is worthwhile, if, if that strategy is actually effective. So either he's going to have to figure something out, whether that be a, a new pitch or whether that be throwing the ball on his own more. I feel like that that seemed to be a problem with him when he struggled throughout the season is that he was just too afraid to put the ball in the zone, like he lost his confidence or something, which that's another big thing is just maybe he just needs to be the closer somewhere where the the stakes are a lot lower so he can sort of gain that mm-hmm. confidence back and just you know, pump some fastballs in the zone and drop the curveball in the lower part of the zone and, and, you know, get that confidence back. And then maybe he gets traded midseason to a contender. Maybe that's something he talks with the the team he signs with about like, Hey, if I like get my stuff together, you got to ship me out to a contender. You got to like put me on the, on the wire uh, come trade deadline season, but he, he's definitely going to have to make a change of some sort. And I don't know if that's going to be repertoire based stuff based, or if that's going to be, you know, just a mental thing. That's kind of. Yeah, I'm, I'm I was gonna say that's that's exactly kind of the idea I had too with Kimbrel is the from a from a, te- a team like I don't know like say the Nationals to look at bringing him in for like a one year deal, you know. Hopefully, maybe the lower state like the yeah lower stakes, you know, he 
closes, he saves 20 games, pitches well, and then you can get something for him at the deadline. Something like that seems like the, the most sense for, uh, for Kimbrell next year. He's a fascinating study in terms of for these relievers. Um, you know, very, like I said, his case is going to be very interesting because you can almost see some people trying to buy back in just based on track record. But then again, it's, uh, you know, like I said, the skills, the loss, there's a lot of things that we are not to like about what Kimbrell did last year. But depending on where he goes, you may still end up on your fancy rosters. And the same can be said well, if we're talking about these relievers who may have just lost it and be done. I'll we'll bring him up. I don't want to mention too much about him, but Araldis Chapman, <laughs> I think he's full on in the same boat as me with that to me. I don't think he finds himself a a closer's role this coming season. I maybe if I'm like a like same thing, a Washington or another very not as good team or just to try and get some saves there. But from what I saw as a Yankee fan from him and yeah, I, I just I think he's just fully done. Uh, do we see him having any sort of chance to get a closer role or do we think even worse things with him? Uh, I'd say never say never, but um, yeah, I don't think he'd ever, I don't think there's any real situation where they would just outright hand him a closer at the job. But, you know, I'm sure he'll get some teams saying, hey, you know, come here, we'll let you compete for the, for the role. And that might be enough. That's probably the best he's going to get. So yeah, like a team like, you know, Washington, um, whoever, Miami, like some of those teams that just, don't have a set closer right now. They might, uh, they might be intrigued to bring him in, but I can't imagine any like contending team would want to bring him in right away. Maybe trade for him at the deadline. If he has a good first half and shows that he's not being such a pain, I guess, and (laughs) being a good teammate. So I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I can't, again, not someone really to get excited about right now. Jake, you got anything different or he's same same boat? I don't know, man. He's, he's just such a great guy. He deserves to be closing <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Yeah. Um, uh, he's, yeah, not somebody that I'm, you know, super excited to see get some millions of dollars this offseason because I'm, I'm sure somebody still sees some talent in his arm. He just doesn't have what he used to have in terms of velocity, which has always been his calling card. And that's even fallen off to a, a point where he's pretty uh, somewhat pedestrian. I mean, he's 24th in four seam fastball velocity amongst relievers, but you know, he used to be the best fastball thrower in the, in the game and he no longer does that. And then you can see that reflected in his uh, production. Just, he doesn't throw strikes anymore. He doesn't get strikeouts. He struck out 27% of batters last season and walked 17 and a half percent of them. That's just not really good at all. Um, you can probably get better numbers in those departments from the majority of relievers that are in free agency this year. And if Chapman is looking for somewhat of a higher payday than all those other guys, he may be on the wire for a while, especially with all of his off the field shenanigans etc all, all of his controversies from the past he, he might have a tough time finding a, a place to land but i'm sure there's going to be a team out there that either thinks they can bring him back to his former glory or can sort of get him ironed out in you know his his, his personal matters to sort of 
turn him around somewhat or at least have him just be a respectable reliever. But, you know, I hope that's not for my team. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. Keep him as far away from my team as possible. I've seen enough of it over the past couple of years and I'm just over and done with it. But we'll stick with, um, you know, former New York Yankees. I might as well throw this guy out there. We saw David Robertson, you know, save him season with the Chicago Cubs and he got traded to the Phillies. He was still part of that back end in the bullpen. Has he done enough in your guys' eyes to earn a similar chance, or do you see him going to a more competitive team as more of a setup man role? Do we think he has any, uh, you know, further viability for saves, or do we want to, or we think he's more likely to end up in a, you know, setup role? I think most likely he he winds up in a setup role, depending on. I mean, I've. Not sure exactly how many, you know, closer spots are exactly open at the moment, but he seems, even though he's, he's done it well this year and he's, he's really pitched well and, you know, he's, he's going to be a huge factor in the, in the world series, I'd imagine, but, um, basically being like the third, you know, piece in that bullpen that they, they rely on. So he's 38. That's the factor, and you know he doesn't rely on on his velocity that much. But still, it's you know at some point you know everyone kind of hits their their uh, their peak. So I think he probably winds up as a setup man on a good you know a playoff contender, and you know with the ability to fill in as a closer if if needed. But um, at this point, I'm guessing he would be. Be playing to kind of just to win to find and to try to get another World Series chance. Yeah, I'll agree with that. And it's just in a similar boat. Um, not as old, but older, but someone who was dealing with injuries. The last one who we want to dive into for this particular portion was Fantasy Bible. I'll start with you, Jake. Do you see Taylor Rogers? Um, what do you see with him? I mean, he got traded over to Milwaukee as part of the Josh Hader move. Do you think that he kind of takes back over there? Or what, what do you, you know, where do you expect to, what do you expect from him you think he finds his way back to a fantasy viability I, I think so I think he's been one of the most underrated relievers over the past few years and this year didn't really go well after that first amazing couple of months but I, I think he's a guy who relies on you know called strikes Rick that's something Rick always mentions he's a big called strike machine and so that produ- helps him produce like really good CSW numbers he actually had the fifth best overall CSW among relievers last year so he does have some good underlying metrics and he's not super old or anything he'll be entering his age 32 season so I, I still think he's got some left in the tank and as we were talking about before we hit record, there's not really many lefty relievers out there to rely on. It's basically him and some underperforming older guys like Will Smith, Andrew Chafin and previous mentioned Chapman and Matt Moore. And I I think Rogers is going to be the top guy amongst lefty relievers. And that might just net him a really good contract this off season because, you know, I think people are going to be super, uh, desperate in, in picking up some guy, a Southpaw that can be solid out of the bullpen. But I, he's, I think he's a guy who, who's better than the numbers that he put up this last season. He's got, he had a 4.76 ERA and that came with a 3.24 XFIP. So uh, just, just from those, those pretty basic numbers, it's pretty easy to tell that he was pretty unlucky. And I think if he's put in the right situation, we, we know he can handle a closer job. So he may not get that, that outright closer job like he had in Minnesota 
prior to this season and in San Diego uh, this past season. So I, I think it'll be interesting to see where he winds up, but I think he's going to be a pretty key part of whatever bullpen he does end up in because they'll likely be in dire need of a lefty and will likely not have a set closer. But there is the possibility that he goes to like the Dodgers or something who finally move like Bruce Dargratterall into the closer role and then he's sort of just amazing they just know how to use him perfectly but I, I think he's going to be very good next season it just obviously role is is what's highly dependent on how viable he's going to be in fantasy it's always worth mentioning too just how many lefty closers actually are I don't know why it always works out this way but we don't see as many of the left-handers teams always look for the lefties just to be that you know left hand Obviously, not as much anymore of the three batter rule, but kind of get the tough lefties out, be the fireman sort of type. We don't see as many in the back end for some reasons. I don't know if any of us really know why it works out this way, but it's definitely more right handed heavy in terms of closure. There are more righty pitchers in baseball, of course, but uh, we see the lefties kind of teams hesitant to appoint a lefty closer. I've never fully understood why that's the case, but it's something worth monitoring for someone like Taylor Rogers. Rick, do you have anything? more you want to add for that or no yeah you're right there's a lot of and i know there's a lot of managers out there who are just like kind of dead set on nope we need we need a righty in that spot um which you know there has been successful left-handed relievers so i don't quite understand but yeah i i also i too like i, I like rogers a lot i especially in this this group of left-handed free agent relievers here there's there's really not a lot to pick from um I feel like Rogers definitely stands apart from the rest um, of the group, and you know, if any, so he's going to be heavily sought after, and I, I could see, you know, those teams, like you mentioned, the Dodgers, definitely. I feel like they're definitely going to be in, um, maybe even the Astros, because uh, mm. you know they don't have a lefty that after this year if Will Smith ends up being a free agent, so. Yeah, I, I feel like he's going to have a lot of suitors and he's going to probably get a nice... I feel like he's going to have that contract where we go, he's actually he's making that much right now. Like He's going to be that guy this year. So that does it for me in terms of um, at least the, the main... Uh, we're going to get a little deeper of some of the under-the-radar names. Is there any other like the, the higher-end guys that I, we just overlooked or do we want to just get into some of the under-the-radar names uh, at this point? I think that uh, there's like an in- interesting group of these guys with either club options or pl- player options, or mm. you know, Jose Leclerc's got a six million club option. He finished the year great as the Rangers closer, and I feel like six million is makes sense to bring him back. But um, if he if he ends up being a free agent, I feel like he becomes a kind of kind of a very interesting um, second tier closer option for. Um, teams in the market because uh, I, I've always been a Leclerc fan and I think you know after I think it was the second half of the year he was really good after the all-star break so um, that's someone to keep an eye on and then you got the guys in San Diego Martinez and Suarez both have player options and they ended up those two guys ended up being you know the Padres two setup guys in the playoffs so do they Martinez probably doesn't opt out. He's he's at six point five million. Maybe maybe he does, but Suarez is at has a five million player five million dollar player option, and he, I think he could at least you know get that and probably tack on some years possibly if he were to opt out. And I mean he he really he has 
absolutely nasty stuff with his changeup, his fastball changeup combination. I, he, that was another another great. Both those guys, great finds for the Padres coming over from. Um, was it the KBO? I believe they they were pitching in. So, yeah, those. Yeah, I think said those are some interesting names to keep an eye on. Especially, I do really like that Leclerc call. Actually, that's uh, someone to monitor. We could see. Like I said, it's kind of at tier two of like, he's got the closer experience. So if you can't get out of one of the bigger arms, you know, do you go for that? And Jake, we'll, we'll toss it over to you for this one. Um, like I said, we covered the guys who've gotten saves. We always see one or two relievers like the Anthony Basses or Dylan Floros, the under the radar reliever that we don't expect to be talking about. Uh, is there anybody on, on in terms of that's going to be out there in the frigid market that we're overlooking that's kind of an under the radar name that has viability in terms of like a, a lower end team who's trying to not splurge as much but try and find their closer on, on a budget definitely i think there's i could say something positive about every single reliever on these lists I, maybe that's because i'm optimistic when it comes to relievers because they can always just have a good season just out of nowhere so you never really know it just depends on you know what kind of situation they, they're put in and how they're feeling that year but i think there's a there's a lot of guys I, I think my eyes are drawn to somebody like michael fulmer who is relatively young at going into his age 30 season has shown that he's good in the past he's a former rookie of the year award winner so that, that's a guy that i think is probably going to have lots of interest from from teams whether that be as a setup man on a contender or on like you're talking about on a rebuilding team or or a a middling team that needs a closer I think he could definitely fill that role because we've seen him do it in the past and he actually probably still has some potential left in his arm because he really hasn't been a reliever for that many years so that that's a guy that I'm very interested in we talked a little bit about Corey Knable before the podcast ran because he started out the season as a closer so that that's another guy that we know has closer experience he just sort of needs to be put in the right role and with the right team to get saves and and sort of pick up where he started off the first half of the season before falling off and and out of that Phillies bullpen. So that's an interesting guy. The the guy who I might be most interested in as much as I love like former Mets like Seth Lugo and Trevor May, I really like Rafael Montero. He was really good this season, especially in the first half and he sort of carried it over to the second half. He's been lights out in the postseason. He's somewhat of an unknown name, maybe not for bullpen gurus like the three of us but uh he he's he's got some really good stuff i i obviously being on the astros probably helped him out a little bit to find this this next level but i, I think he's shown potential in the past as well he throws pretty hard he, he's definitely somebody that i'm interested to see where he winds up because i think even if he's not outright signed as the closer if he ends up on a team that doesn't really have a solidified ninth inning job then i think he could work his way into that pretty quickly if he performs like he did in 2022. I really like the Montero call. If, if neither of you guys mentioned him, he's probably going to would have been someone I brought up. But he was great when throughout the season, he's been very good in the postseason. And during a time when Ryan Presley was out with his injury, the Astros were relying on him heavily in that back end in terms of getting saved. So I could see him as a, you know, earning some looks kind of a similar realm maybe not as high as jose leclerc but a similar realm in terms of a you know a tier two sort of reliever where um he can get some really good save opportunities rick do you have any other uh kind of under the radar names that we'll be talking about in 
March during draft season that we don't expect to be talking about. But um, I mean, Jake just kind of took all, all the interesting ones. I, um, but <laughs> those are all the good. No, those are those are all definitely names to keep an eye on. Um, as far as probably not closers, but like when it comes to holds leagues, Pierce Johnson and Tommy Con- Canley Conley, uh, both free agents, both have you know flashed some pretty pretty good ability to to be laden in high leverage relievers in the past and if they depending on where they land they could uh have some value in holds leagues a guy who i I really has i have like no real reason to kind of be interested in based off like any type of metric or anything but carlos estevez is a free agent he's finally going to be able to leave colorado and get to an organization who I mean, there's a lot of work here, but he's, you know, 97 and a half miles per hour on his fastball. So that's something to start with. And then, you know, he's a bit, he's 6'7", 280, huge guy, just throws gas. And, you know, I just, I just wonder if he gets into like the right organization who can kind of, you know, help him tweak some things and, you know, maybe fix his slider a little bit to get it more effective. I mean, the spin rates are low. I wonder, you know, that's going to be an issue. Maybe, you know, something he has to kind of get in the lab and tweak, but you know, if he, if he fixes the slider, maybe adds, you know, either fixes his changeup or adds a splitter or something. I feel like he could really be kind of a, an interesting, uh, reliever on the right team. Um, but just definitely not someone to, you know, target or look at right now, just someone to keep an eye on. And, you know, I can, Ken Giles too is still, he, he was really bad this year, but maybe a year removed from, from, uh, Tommy John and can, can help out. He's still only 31. He's going to be 31. So w- would be interested to see if he could have a nice bounce back year. You know, him and Ian Kennedy were two. I felt like I was always touting on that sh- on the show as names to keep an eye <laughs> on. I'm hoping Ian Kennedy got the job. Ken Giles, I was always saying, oh, keep an eye on him in Seattle. He's still going to get there, and it just never worked out. So uh, I'm hoping for you know my sake on this show that Ken Giles can find himself a uh, you know in the co- in the closer conversation come come later and come at some point in the season. Yeah, I'm with you. I've always been a Giles guy. Well, it's going to be very interesting. There's a lot of uh, exciting names. I mean, before we wrap it up, Jake, or do you have any? final thoughts in terms of the guys that Rick brought up or uh... I I love the Estevez call I was literally thinking the same exact thing while Rick was saying it just like "Uh, he doesn't look that good but you never know what's caused by either playing in cores or just being in that Rockies organization which has never been known for player development so maybe he just gets out of there and just turns into a monster Rick said he already has a lot of velocity and so if somebody can add like even another tick on there he might actually be really good but yeah it's not something you want to bet on or bank on at all and uh, I I think there's there's a lot of interesting guys out there that it's going to be interesting to see where they end up most of them are not going to be fantasy relevant that's usually how relief pitching goes there's usually about 30 relief pitchers that are fantasy relevant if we're lucky right because it's like not every team's going to have just a closer and obviously not just all closers are the only ones fantasy relevant so it's going to be interesting to see where the the top guy go top guys go and then the rest of it is sort of just going to be like i don't know 
for for the the real uh, true baseball fans that are sort of just interested in seeing where every single player ends up, what they look like in their new threads, that kind of stuff. So I, I'm going to be excited when uh, free agency finally kicks off at the end of the World Series and see where everyone goes. But yeah, I mean, I, I think we we covered it pretty well, and uh, I feel pretty prepared for whatever happens after this uh, exciting World Series this weekend. And I think that transitions us nicely into getting our World Series rec- predictions out on the record. We like to be right or wrong on this show, so let's um we'll wrap it up here. We'll start with you, Rick. Who's winning the World Series? How many games? And as, since we are a reliever show, we'll make it a little fun. Who pitches the last out? Who's on the mound for the final outs of the World Series? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, I I know we want. You know, you know, I really do. I really do think the Phillies have a good chance in this. I, I will pick the Phillies because, as long I know, I mean, you really just need Nolan Wheeler to, you know, step up and be themselves. And that lineup is a little bit, you know, the Phillies lineup is deeper than than the Astros lineup, and I think that can create problems for for some of the Astros pitchers. So I'm, I'll take the Phillies. I'll take them in six games, and I'm going to say. Oh, because I don't know. It could be one of three guys who end, who wind up ending the game. I'm gonna say it's gonna be Jose Alvarado against Kyle Tucker or, or uh, Kyle Tucker because there's gonna be there's gonna be a lefty. I'm gonna say he's gonna get Kyle Tucker to ground out to end the game. That's how it's gonna end. Here to hear first. I like it. I like it, Jake. Where are you? Where are you landing? So I, I just recorded a podcast yesterday for one of the other websites I write for. And unfortunately, I did choose the Astros. I will be rooting for the Phillies, but I think the Astros are just too well built. They're just such a good all around team that I think they're going to be able to pull through. Uh, I had a bold prediction that they're going to be coming from behind in the series. So I, I do think it's going to be an interesting series. But I think the Astros are just like such a, a well built team from top to bottom that it, it's going to be hard to overcome that. I, uh, I, th- I think that somebody on the Astros will obviously close it out. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> as much as I would like it to be Ryan Presley, I have a feeling that that final game probably won't be super close. Um, I want to say it's like Hector Neris or something. So somebody that like, people are going to remember it's just like oh yeah that guy closed it out but he was never somebody that we really talked about too much but yeah i was sure i'll go hector naris i think it's a pretty big crap shoot <laughs> trying to figure that yeah, out yeah it's a tough one it's always tough but we always think i think back to when the cubs broke their curse it was was it mike mark montgomery mike montgomery won it yeah yeah, yeah. he got the last out it's always those random relievers at times who get the last outs i mean sergio romo was a was a relevant time, but you look back at some of these World Series and it's just like, oh wow, you got the final out. And I'm wondering if this season could be that. But unfortunately, I will also be taking the Astros. I watching them firsthand against my Yankees, they just looked way too hard to beat. It's going to be great. It's like you said, the only the best way for the Phillies to win the series is you got to win at least two of your Nola and Wheeler starts. You got to have your two aces be your two aces. If you have any sort of struggles there. Back end that Phillies rotation could have some some issues compared to the back end of the Astros one. So I'll go Astros in seven. I think it's going to be a very exciting series. And uh, I think the, those aces will be aces and make it a lot of fun. I'm actually going to take the guy we kind of just talked about. I'll have a little fun out here. I think Rafael Montero 
gets the last out of the World Series. Uh, I think Ryan Presley will come in, have to come in like the eighth inning for a, a fireman type situation where they'll have to turn to Montero to finish the game off. And I'll say it's something like a, you know, an Alec Bohm <laughs> ground out to yeah. Bregman or something to end the series. But it's gonna be, it's gonna be extremely exciting. And you know, as baseball fans, we got the best team in the AL for sure against. We can't say the best team in the NL, but the hottest team in the NL, and they're, mm-hmm. they're riding the hot streak. And I hopefully we get to see Bryce Harper win a World Series, but we may have to wait a little bit longer for that. So that's gonna that's actually gonna do it for this episode of In the Pen. As always, you can find me on Twitter at Callen underscore Elslager. You'll find the podcast posted on Nick's Twitter on Nick's Twitter at Pitcherless Rick. Jake, give us where you can find us, find your work. What are you guys going to be working on this offseason for, for PitcherList? Yeah, you can find me at I am Rick Graham on Twitter. And soon soon to be, I'll have um, some the top 100 reliever rankings for 2023. The early version should be out in the next week or two. Yeah, and uh, me, you can follow me at Jake Crumpler on Twitter. I uh, am going to be pretty active this offseason. Right now, I'm locked into covering the uh, Phillies and White Sox in terms of uh, sleepers and bus. So that'll be coming out at some point in the offseason. And I'm sure I'm going to be doing a, a few more things. You'll at least see one or two articles a month from me. So keep on the lookout there at PitcherList and you know stay tuned into the PitcherList Podcast Network as well. We've got tons of great podcasts out here. Yeah, and you've, I already told you you can find me on Twitter. I don't know what I'm doing for this offseason yet. I'm sure I'll be coming out with some sort of articles. I want to get into the uh, keep going with the writing side of it, whether it's ranking sleepers and busts, something like that. I'll be starting working on my own personal ranks throughout the offseason. I'll probably turn that into some sort of article. Uh, maybe reliever centric, may not be. I don't know. I'm still playing it by playing it by ear, figuring that out. And as always, I'll wrap it up as I always do. Join the PL Plus Discord if you are interested in talking fantasy baseball with us throughout the offseason throughout the world series, anything like that. It's a great community to watch. We've already talked about, uh, you know, the man, some of the managerial hidings, hirings that have already happened this off season. Some of the openings, a bunch of free agent buzz. I'm sure there's gonna be one free agent that people are going to be loving to know where he's going to go and talking about him off throughout this and trolling me as a New York Yankee fan and the other Yankee fans in our discord. So we'll see how it goes, but great community of people. You go on the pitcherlist.com, click get PL plus and you'll have access to the staff throughout the off season as you make your important keeper decisions and agonize more about fantasy baseball than we probably should be during the off season, but we love it. And that's why we, that's why we're here. So thanks again for tuning into this episode of in the pen, and we will see you soon. when We break down some of the latest news from the off season.